This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, um, good afternoon, um, or good evening. The, uh, I guess uh, it's uh, like Bomer, almost, you can still say the word in America like Bomer, uh, you can't say it that's a stroll. The um, I, so I'd like to to go back a second on the piece we just finished and talk a little bit more about it. Um, we saw over here that there is a um, that is a difference between uh, Lashon Kodesh and the other Lashonos. It says that Paro was able to learn. It, Paro knew all Ein Lashon. Yosef did not know all Ein Lashon. Um, the Malaf taught him, and he knew Lashon Kodesh, which Paro did not know, and therefore, you know, he had one up on Paro and so on. We spoke about it last time. I'd, I'd like to talk a little more about it in terms of the, like uh, Bomer uh, a little bit, and and Shimbeyachoy's unique contribution to, to Torah. Um, the Everyone understands that Torah, this chalik of Torah that that Rishim sort of put together, gave us, is called Torah Asoid. It's it's called Soid, and the and I guess the simple, the, the very simple definition is that you're not supposed to spread it, you're not supposed to tell people, it's not supposed to go around. Which okay, it's so. I once heard Rishim Shapiro, he phrased it, you know, a secret. A sod is not a real um, definition of something because if you don't know it, it's a sod. If you know it, it's not a sod. It has nothing to do with the information. It has to do with the person. Um, he once said over a uh, story slash joke of art, the Radzina Rebbe, the, the Balatrelis, was an extremely sharp person. He was, he was brilliant. And he also was very, very sharp. And someone came to him and he said he would like to learn Torah's Hasoid. Um, what should he start with? So he looked at him and he said, I think for you, Elamitsias, it's quite Soid. You, you know, you, if, if Soid is, is defined by what you don't know, he said that then Elamitsias is, 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 is Soid. So, um, the, 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 so how, how does the word Soid? Um, carrying itself a um, how does it carry itself a meaning which is very very specific? Um, I'd also like to go back, I guess, to the to the to the Maimadagarita. The fact that Parat couldn't learn Lashna Kodesh, uh, we explained it a little bit last time, but it's strange. I mean, Lashna Kodesh is not such a difficult language, and that's not the end of the world. Um, he, he, there's something about Lashna Kodesh. The Rambam says Lashna Kodesh is called Kodesh because there is no expression, there, there, there are no terms for things that are unseemly. So there are no natural words for, for things that shouldn't be spoken about. And the, any words that we have today in modern Hebrew, which Baruch Hashem is blessed with all sorts of terms, is either taken from the Arabic or they were invented. There's no, there is no, you know, most of the terminology one uses is a euphemism of some sort. 
So the the um, it, it's, so okay. It, it, again, it, if it's just that 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 there were no unclean words in Lashon Kodesh, was there something that says something about the language? So let's understand a little bit on both ends. Let, let's go back to the first point and let's talk about it. Um, there are two there are two uh, ways of delving into Torah. There is pshat and drush. Pshat and drush means this is what it says, and it says it quite mefurish. Um, In other words, things are written as they are. Drush is a logical extrapolation, a logical inference, logical extrapolation. So in, in the Gemara's Drush, it's using the Klolem, the, the Yud Gimomidos, but it's still, it's a system which tells you that whenever you have a word in such and such a way, it's it's meant this. Never have a word in such, and you know, this, that, this format, the other format, a, a ribuya, a miut. It, it's, it's a very clear logical system that starts with the words and you can actually, um, you can build out a lot from those words. That's the mahalach of uh, of, the, of of pshat with with the drush. There's a second chelak um, which does not have pshat. It has remazim and has sod. It's it's not pshat and drush. It's a sod with remazim. This is a very different type of Torah. It means that no way in the world can you bring out from the words the meaning. If somebody is an outsider and he is not, if, if, if he doesn't know what's meant to be said, there's no way in the world that the words give it away. The, 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 um, let's, let's go back and let's, get, let's take a simple marshal. Uh, a lawyer that reads a contract, if he's good, will be able to pick up all the nuances that are buried in the contract um, and, uh, you know, and, and be able to sort of point the finger, well, this is actually what he's trying to accomplish with this and this and this and so on. If a person, if let's say you have like the, the old fashioned spies, when they would write these letters and, you know, when they mentioned the, you know, and such and such, it really meant a war boat. And when they said this meant that, there's no way that anyone um, outside could be privy to it. It's not the word itself doesn't give it away in any sense of the word. All it is, is, is um, it's an agreement to that we shall mean this or that and the other thing. So remes and sod are not logical. They're not in the words. They don't actually, um, they don't start with the word because you know, what we would call like the, the, the stuff that we call has nothing in the words that mean it. So what are these two halakam of Torah? You know, it's, how do they, how do they complement each other? So um, let's understand a little bit the, the, um, the relationship between words and ideas. Um, we, we a, a person can learn by looking around the physical world, which is the way we do it. We see a lot of things, and our brain is wired to be able to build concepts on those words. 
So those words are um, physical entities. So stick, stone, um, chair, table, those are the first words a kid learns. And then he will understand at some point, he'll understand that there's a concept called furniture, which includes the table and chair, but does not include the sticks and stones or whatever it is that, that he brings home. That's not furniture. So, so it starts with a process of things building up to ideas. That's one process of understanding and so on. And if, if, a, if a person is a physical being, and that's all there is in the world are physical beings, then really the idea of, um, of, of groups is just a, a sort of a, a method of the mind to sort of be able to, to take a shortcut and to, to speak about furniture and include many tables, chairs, and, and dresses, what have you now. We understand a little differently. We understand that there's a world of um, neshama. There's a world that transcends physical things and items. And um, a person struggles and somehow can find ways of expressing them using certain um, physical terminology. For instance, let's take something very simple. The concept of chesed should be an idea that the neshama has. And it, I begin to understand the many ways in which I can do a chesed. I can give somebody something. I can be nice to somebody. I can, I, you know, all sorts of things that would fall in chesed and so on. Understanding that we're in a shama that was put into a guf to express itself starts with something that's beyond words. And the job, our job is in this world to take things that are, that transcend this world and translate them in every way possible into this world, Musabi. So the concept of Kedusha, of Chesed, of anything like that, our job is now to take it and to give it tangible meaning, whether by doing it, by, by learning it, by, and so on. So the, the relationship between language and ideas has two directions. Milamata um, lemala. We start with the things that we perceive with our physical senses, and we're capable of constructing um, sort of logical inclusions. Um, and, or down deep in a person, there's a sense of something above and beyond, and we bring it out to this world. Taira was given the chilek of Taira that's called nigla, revealed, means that it was given as part of this world. So just like certain elements about Kaddish Baruch Hu, the, 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 the level of the, the, the chachma and, 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 and everything that goes into the Bias Olam, a person looking around the world will be able to discern a lot of Kaddish Baruch Hu's midas. So too, Akash Prabhu Sinai gave us um, a Torah, which has very specific words, very specific letters. These are the words Akash Prabhu gave us, and you can dash those words in any logical way you want, and your inferences will be correct if, if you follow the, the, the Mahal that gave. And that is what Torah, that's a physical Torah. Um, there's something else. And Akadosh Baruch Hu put into that language um, ideas 
that are not of this world ideas, but within it. And and it and 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 unless a person a person can look at all of Tyra and the chalik that's shot and drush, a, a good mind can tackle it and force it out. The chalik that's sowed, um, or even remez, remez simply indicates that there's something here, and that a person using his human seichel really couldn't do it because it's it's not from the words, it's into the words. Akash Prochel put and hid deep understandings. Those understandings deal primarily with things that are beyond us. All of the ruchniyistical layers of the world that are not physical, and 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 um, and it's how Hakadosh Baruch Hu deals with the world. They don't they don't start with words because that's the you know that's the mitzvahs. It's it, it's things that are beyond words. They're not things. They're not nothing. They're, they're unlike nothing we have here, and that's what all of this knowledge and understanding is. Now, um, the Kedusha of Lashon Kodesh is, so any other language which starts from the bottom up, every other language starts with people noticing things, the same process we described, you know, so, so the, 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 the people saw dogs and they, they sort of bark and they run and this and that, and they, they formed words to mean them. And slowly they, 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 they built up the concepts and like, like animals and so on. Those languages are the iron lush of the world. Um, they, they are, they, they belong to the iron umos who are first and foremost creatures of the world. And therefore um, their language is, is the language of things becoming ideas progressively, you know, more and more subtle ideas and so on. Loshan Kodesh is the other way around. The reason why you can dash and gematrius when appropriate and all of the other stuff that goes on in Loshan Kodesh is not because it's logical that it's at work. No, nobody, it's not something that in any way is, is logical or manifest in, in, in language. It's the other way around. Because this came from somewhere else and it has these properties. It came from a place where numbers and, and words are all coming from the same place. So whatever the words um, express in one language, I'll express in another language in another language. It's a very, very deep shayrish. <clears throat> to, to, to be able to express, um, to express the retire from the world of Said requires that a person, um, it requires that a person be in touch with the Shama more than anything else. They're coming from the top down, not from the bottom up. So, um, so the Torahs has said the ability to give us concepts dressed in words. If there are no words, then there's no way to communicate it. Then there's no Torah like that. So, so, so it, it, um, the, the ability to be able to take the ideas and to dress it into some words um, that are able to hold those ideas inside it in, in, in the Derech of Remez and so on, was the extraordinary um, feat of Reb Shemichoy. It required an ashama of, of, of extraordinary strength where he was coming from the world that he, he was in touch with it and was able to put it in the words. The reason 
so, so the first point is the reason why it's called sod is because even if you read it and see it, it still remains a sod. Because unless you have the refinement to understand the ideas as they should be understood, then you're just mouthing words. In, in, in the type of language that describes a physical world, the words do have the information. So, so, so if, if let's say I don't know what a chair or table means, but someone teaches me go to the store and buy two chairs and one table, if I say the words correctly, I'll get the correct results. Um, because the words really contain all the information in it. In the, in the Torah of Soyer or Pneumus, however you, however you want to describe it, if a person doesn't understand what he's talking about, then he really doesn't understand what he's talking about. He's not saying anything. Then his sentences are not meaningful. It, it's his it blabbing. Rabbi Kotler once said, um, in, in Yiddish, there's a, a put down. If somebody if somebody's saying something that you think is utterly rubbish, you tell him he's blathering like a drunken Turk. So Rabbi Kotler said, what's the muscle of drunken Turk? So he said, a Turkish person, um, he understands what he's saying, but no one else understands it. In, in Eastern Europe, nobody knew Turkish, so when a Turk spoke, no one understood it. The Turk understood it, but but um, no one else did. Um, but somebody is drunk, everyone else knows what he's saying, but he's could be oblivious to it. When a, when a Turk is drunk, neither he nor anyone else knows what he's talking about. That was the way he described it. So that's the way he would that's how he described the marshal. So, so the um, speaking and dealing in these inyanim is not of any use unless the person understands and has the sense, has the refinement to understand what it's about. So, so, so the godless of of Torah of this Torah is a it it, it touches about it's called Torah's emis. In other words, it's not an approximation from the things we understand to the beyond but it's the truth struggling to give us some sense of it. That, so, so it's a very different direction. One, two, the, the, um, the, the, uh, the, the Rav Shemir Choy's greatness that he was able to give it some sort of Torah um, was that he, had, he was so extraordinarily rooted in it that he, he was able to formulate words that could at least contain the ideas in Bederach of Sod, you know, where we're putting together the words and the sentences, a person understands it has a point of reference. Going back to the to over here with, 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 with Para and, and, and Yossi, we're talking here not about just understanding, um, you know, the, just what the words mean, like I said last time, the, the understanding different nouns is not a big Hiddish, not a big Indian, but Yosef was able to understand all the Lashinas and because at, at the Malatoratim, because at the end of the day, those are all physical realities. Every Lashin expresses physical realities. Lashin Kaidish, the Emes, in other words, not, I'm not talking about the words that mean things, but, but the language, the, the, the content of Lashin Kodesh is it's the Lashin of Ketusha. It, it expresses things that are meant to be expressed. And that's why, that's what the Rambam possibly means, that things that don't, that one ought not to express, um, don't get expressed. 
it's not just that it's you know no naughty words and that's it. The, the, the purpose language, it doesn't start with the language and then formulate ideas. There are ideas that are meant to be projected into the world. And those ideas, Lushan Kodish, it was was custom fit, was custom tailored to fit to fit that. So so everything about the language um, allows for that. That's why all of the exotic forms of drush at bash, all all of those, if it's presented as a logical way to approach it, it's absurd. If it's presented because Lushan Kodesh is was made as the language to give over something. Like in, in computer languages, you have general languages which which really start with what the computer expresses, and then you try to fit different uh, circumstances that you need. Versus very very specific languages that start with what you need to express and and build it around that. This Torah that Rabbi Shimon was Megalatos has that quality. So it was for, it in in you know there were different opinions in the Chachma Doros about how public it should be. And there were two primary reasons why it wasn't meant to be publicized. Um, and, and one of them is that people, people um, get used to saying things that they have no idea what it means. That's not very helpful. It, if anything, it hinders understanding. When you, when you just chatter on about different things, and you really can't identify the thing. It, you know, it, it, it's, it, right doesn't mean right, left doesn't mean left. Yeah. A hand doesn't mean a hand, and his foot doesn't mean a foot. So, so, so you really, really, unless you're, you're able to understand what's inside it, you really don't know. And the second reason, the worst part of it is that you could become an apicorus, a person who, who talks about Kodesh hands and nose and mouth is a genuine apicorus. So all of Chachmas Apnim is really um, deals with terminology. You, you can't say anything unless you use words, but the words can't mean the words. It, it needs an extraordinary sensitive neshama to understand, it, it, sort of to, to extrapolate a meaning. It's a very different type of extrapolation than, than, than in, in, in Gemara, than in, in Nigla. In Nigla, extrapolation is logic. The words mean it, and logically, if two plus two is four, then two times two is four. It's the same statement. It just requires shifting the, the, the understanding. In, 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 in this world, unless a person is sensitive and has a feel for it, and has an understanding for it, then, then a person is you know, far afield. Well, just, uh, I'll just express the other side of it. The reason why, especially by Hasidim, it became, it became a thing where there's certain segments of it they expressed was, first of all, an understanding that everyone has an neshama and it touches your neshama and it awakens something, whether or not you're holding up madrega. Um, and they felt that that was extremely necessary because... Um, People, you know, the, the, the problem is when you when you try to explain Torah in the other words, in words of logic, kind of common words, then you run into problems that you're sort of also putting in things into it that don't belong into it. You, you're taking meanings from different cultures and trying to put it in. So there was a certain sense that this is more genuine, but it's a balance. On the one hand, the language of Torah is really a very Ruchnistic language, and it does... 
it, it does hit the core of the ideas. On the other hand, it's very, very, it, it's, it's awkward. A, a, a person needs to have some fine sense of things where he can sort of extrapolate meaning rather than just the logical meaning. That's, that's based back upon, I, I just see that this point about language, the music of knowing I lost and knowing the credit is extraordinary music. It means, you know, understanding language is, is the ability for a person to bridge understanding and the physical reality. And uh, like we said, it can come in two ways. In almost all of them, it starts from the bottom up. And for us, we have a dimension where it starts top down. That's the, okay, Ms. Seda. Is Rashida saying, oh, that, saying yeah. that uh, somebody's, uh, their neshama is uh, refined enough that, so what happens? They just start understanding things? You know what? It's, I'll give you an example. Let's take a, a muscle phone. If, if somebody if somebody is musical and he tries to explain to someone else why certain music is, is, is good or not good, if the person has some musical aptitude, in time, he'll pick it up. If a person is tone deaf, it, it, it will, it, he'll never pick it up. There's nothing he can, would say that he can actually connect. So, so if a person has a shama, and we believe everybody in class has a shama, it can awaken something. And that's why people, the language of the Zohar is very evocative. It does evoke deep, deep things in a person. And, and uh, so we believe everyone has a, a talent. Everyone has the talent. The question is how, how many layers deaden it, how much, how much just surrounds it. But that's, but that's what it means to awaken, yes. Okay, good. Uh, um, next week, I'm 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 going to have. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be. There won't be a share. A Bez Hashem in two weeks. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Ralph.